Is Kawhi a real MVP candidate? Why hasn't Chris Paul gone deeper in the playoffs? What's the one thing we change about Russell Westbrook? The only question left is, say it with me, you win. Hey sports fans, Coach Nick here and welcome to the B-Ball Breakdown Podcast. Today I am pleased to have on Nick Wright from FS1 and get Nick Wright on Twitter. So uh, we got two Nicks in the house today and a lot to talk about. Thanks for joining us today. Of course, thanks for inviting me. I'm excited to do it. I like your work online. Oh, me too. I mean, listen, uh, this is I, we talked about this a little bit in the past, and I'm glad we can finally make it work, uh, you know, across town here in L.A. So, uh, you know, let's just jump right into it, because I'm sure a lot of people want to hear what, what you have to say when we can talk about. So let's talk about Kawhi, because it sounds like uh, you don't think he should be in the MVP conversation, or, or where does he stack up in your mind? Yeah, I uh, let me say this on the front end. I think Kawhi Leonard is one of the seven best basketball players alive. And it's a weird thing that that is all of a sudden some massive insult. But I also, just like some things that I think are facts, and maybe I think are facts undermines the fact, but at least in my eyes, these are objectively true. Before Kevin Durant got hurt, Kawhi Leonard was not going to be first-team All-NBA at his position. It's going to be LeBron and KD. Before Kevin Durant got hurt, Kawhi Leonard was not in the MVP discussion. It was James Harden, Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, Kevin Durant. And another thing that I think is very fair to say is you look around the other guys in the league that are on that top six or seven list, and you ask yourself the question, if you flip-flopped them and Kawhi, what happens to their team? And what happens to the Spurs? So, if you flip-flop Kawhi and LeBron, you tell me if I'm wrong. I think the Spurs do not miss a beat. In fact, I think they're better. And the Cavs are objectively worse. If you flip... Go ahead. Oh, well, you know, I mean, it's funny because it's hard to deal with that. It's a hypothetical. It's hard to kind of see that. But, like, okay... The, the way the team is built around the Cavs and LeBron, I guess if you suddenly were to morph those two or switch those two, yeah, it would be different and hard and weird. But I don't know. It seems like... But would uh, it be hard on LeBron to go do Kawhi's role? Um, hey, LeBron, no. go play 32 minutes a game. Matters. Go play 32 minutes a game. When you rest, we're fine. When, when, when you're on the court, we beat people by nine points. It's not like when you go rest, now, oh, damn it, now we're it's a tie game. No, no, no. When you rest, we beat people by seven points. So it's not like you are having to reclimb that mountain again. Look, if you ask LeBron to go do Kwai's job, Popovich is really happy, and LeBron is thrilled because it's an easier job. If you flip Kwai and Harden, can Kawhi Leonard do for the Rockets what James Harden's doing? Well, okay, I think the answer is no. Is the argument that it's because Kawhi doesn't facilitate as much as those guys? Because he certainly can score as well as, as those guys, can he? Well, so I think Kawhi this year absolutely has shown that he can be an elite scorer. And I know, I don't know if it was you or a lot of the the guys associated with B-Ball Breakdown, some of the other really smart <laughs> analytical sites, killed me on this. But if you're making the argument to me, that Kawhi Leonard's defense this year has not slipped somewhat. Now, last year and the year before, he if I had a ballot and I don't, 
I would have had Kawhi second in my Defensive Player of the Year balloting. I think Draymond, even though we, I find him so aggravating, I think he is a transcendent defensive player, and he unlocks the key to what the Warriors do. But so I would have had Kawhi second, but that's no knock. But what I've seen this year is, and we've seen with other stars in NBA history, as your offensive workload increases, your defensive production dips at least a little. And people are just telling me an 82-game sample that shows, well, it's weird, but Kawhi on court, off court, the Spurs defense pretty damn good no matter what. And the numbers say better when he's off. Now, that doesn't pass the eye test. I know there's some three-point randomness and variance in there. But the fact that it could even be close tells me that Kawhi's defense this year has dipped a little bit. And if, if I'm wrong on that, someone show me the data. Because my eyes tell me he's not quite as great defensively as last year because he's got to do more on offense. If I'm wrong, show me where I'm wrong. Well, I, I will say that they're in the response to the, 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 the stats, first of all, defensive stats suck. They, they suck so badly at this point where I keep seeing these things where, like, DeAndre Jordan is they're, they're worse when he's on the floor defensively. And, and we see that with Hassan Whiteside, clearly when you watch these games, the teams are better, right, when Kawhi's on the floor defensively. No matter what, I don't care what you say on that. And we also did a video on that where we, the other teams were burying him in the corner. Whoever he was guarding was going to get stuck in the weak side corner and they were going to attack Powell and Tony Parker to death. And suddenly the team's defensive rating goes up when he's in. So well, that, hold on, that, that speaks to why, and people can kill me for this, why, unless you're a rim protector, defense is overrated in the NBA. Because oh. <laughs> it can be, it, 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 when you're about, not, de, not team defense, when we're evaluating individual players, unless they're a rim protector, over the course of a 48-minute game, individual perimeter defense is overrated. Because like you said, A, the other team can neutralize you. Say, hey, we're just going to basically hide you in the corner. The reverse of the Tony Allen effect, essentially, right? We're going to do that. B, what doesn't happen is... It's not like in the 85 Bears allowed six points a game. They could win the game with their defense. Now, team defense can maybe still do that in the NBA, but nobody ever says this. Man, Paul George is playing Kawhi Leonard tonight. Pencil him in for six points. Offensive guys are always going to get their numbers. They will just get them at a less efficient rate. So, and, and by the way, I think... Let me ask you, I'll use his name, I'll use it again. Is Tony Allen a Hall of Famer? Tony Allen, you mean the guy who plays for the Grizzlies? Yeah, it sounds like an idiotic question. I promise I'm building a bridge. Is he uh, a Hall of Famer? Right, I, I would not put him in the Hall of Fame. No, and, and no, he's never made an All-Star game. But So for the people, though, that say defense is half of how you evaluate a player, oh, really? If it is, then Tony Allen should be a multi-time All-Star? Then we should we should look at a guy like Lou Williams as a thoroughly useless basketball player. If defense, but deep when we're talking about everyone but rim defenders, when it comes to overall value for a team, it's really like 80-20. Steph Curry, offense defense. Steph Curry was a unanimous MVP, and understandably so, despite being all season long a below average defender. Because offensively, he was 
Last year, I think it was a unicorn year. I think it was the greatest offensive season I've ever seen. So we with Kawhi, there's a little flavor of the month factor. I would, if right now, if I'm trying, and when people are like, these other guys have better teammates. Some of them do, some of them don't. Kawhi has the greatest basketball coach ever. And the, repla- the value of Pop over the second best coach is enormous. And so if you're just asking me right now, Nick, you're trying to win a championship next year, you can have the world to choose from. Who's your pick? If I'm building a team, I take LeBron before him, Durant, Harden, Steph, maybe Russ, and CP3. So he's in that five, six, seven range. And if that's me being a Kawhi hater, then I'll take it. But that's, but someone show me why I'm wrong. Okay. I mean, you know, th- there are merits to the argument in theory. Uh, I just feel like this year what he's proved as far as offensively sort of filled in the gap with everyone who, who had criticized him for so long, uh, you know, who said he couldn't do it. You watch him score. He scores from everywhere in every way all over the court. And he's still, okay, and so, you know, we saw LeBron was a terrible defender this year. All of a sudden, in the playoffs, he's flipped the switch. The rest of the team, I don't think they're going to flip the switch. But he flipped the switch. He played great defense on the stretch in that game four. We saw it. But he was already, Kawhi is at least that good to begin with as his baseline, even when he's not, like, giving it all out. And then when he does, when we see that now in the playoffs, um, you know. And yeah, but Kawhi isn't, Kawhi isn't 60% of the offensive player LeBron is. Uh, okay, well, listen, Kawhi is – the only thing that Kawhi doesn't do that LeBron does is the passing, right? And the efficiency. And the workload. Well, and Kawhi is as efficient as LeBron. I mean, you can look at those numbers. He's, he had a – you know, he shoots four, almost 40% for three. And, you know, I mean, I can look so at LeBron and Kawhi, I believe, this year ended up shooting the same from three. Kawhi was 38.0. LeBron might have dipped to 37.9 or something. But throughout the year, they were neck and neck going back and forth. Okay. LeBron so, shot 6% better from the floor. 6% is the difference, by the way. The difference between Kawhi and LeBron is bigger than the difference in field goal percentage than between Kawhi and Russ. So let's not act like they're the same. Obviously, Kawhi's a better free throw shooter. LeBron's free throws are like the mystery of the year. Right. He's never been a great free throw shooter, but this year he's like impossibly bad and was somehow worse in the first round. And the playmaking stuff matters enormously like let's not act like it doesn't okay and so so no i mean maybe 60 percent was unfair maybe Kawhi is 75 percent the offensive hey, player LeBron. I, I, I think i won i got i got you up to 75 i'll take no, that no i mean i i, I picked <laughs> that number relatively arbitrarily but i the and i they're just this is I, the lebron it's not fair to Kawhi to compare him to lebron it's not. It's why people annoyed me when they were anointing him after, I think it was game two. We have a new best two-way player in the league. It's absurd. You want to argue Kawhi versus KD? I'll listen to it. I'd rather have KD. You want to argue Kawhi versus Harden? I'll listen to it. I'd rather have Harden. I personally would rather have Chris Paul, and Chris Paul is the most baffling. I don't understand it. I think he's one of the greatest players I've ever seen, but his team never wins. I can't – like, in the NBA – if you're as good as in my head Chris Paul is, you don't have to win a title, but like you've got to be in the final four occasionally. And, yeah. and for, it doesn't happen with Chris. And you don't have to go that far to find fantastic food delivered right to your door from Blue Apron. They're like the Boston Celtics of fresh ingredient and recipe delivery services. Number one. 
Just like a good NBA team, you need chemistry. And that's what cooking is, both with the preparation of their fresh, high-quality ingredients and by bringing your family together to cook. I just prepared Parmesan-crusted chicken and it had me using oh-so-tasty fromage blanc. That's right, I'm speaking French. And these meals cost less than 10 bucks per person, delivered right to your door with the exact amount of food pre-measured for you, and you'll never see a repeat recipe for a whole year. Head over to blueapron.com slash coachnick, and you'll get your first three meals absolutely free. Even the shipping is free. It's like Kyrie nailing a three to finish the comeback last year. Only, you just need to type in blueapron.com slash coachnick instead. Much less pressure here, sports fans. So check out our friends over at Blue Apron today and begin a life of culinary fulfillment. Wait, did I leave the oven on? Yeah, and that's right. Chris Paul is like the gold standard of point guard play in, in, at all time. And I agree with you in that same respect where, uh, like, I have this image of him. And, and every once in a while, like that game five against OKC a few years ago where he just crapped the bed and it was like the image of him shattered at my feet. But... Um, here's the thing that getting deep into the playoffs, there are so many things that are involved with that. Some are luck and some are not that it's just like, and by the way, you could argue the same thing with OKC with their injuries. Although I would have argued that they never would have gotten that deep, even though they made the finals the first year, um, because of the way they played. But so it's like a weird thing with Chris Paul, where there are cracks. What's that? Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Well, there are cracks with Chris Paul where every once in a while he loses his mind. And he, and, and he just does baffling things, and he yells at the players, and they lose their mind. And that might well be the evidence that we're looking at why he can't quite get there. I don't know. This is, this is the randomness of sports. If Chris Paul had been – take Kobe, for example, right? Kobe never had to deal with the pressure and weight of people calling him a guy who couldn't get it done because he was drafted to the Lakers – they, you know what I mean? They, The first title he was important to, but they were winning that title no matter what. They had Shaq. Peak Shaq is winning the title, especially in that era. And then he could play with a total freedom. The year before the Lakers won the title, Kobe airballed shots to lose them a series. Airballed shots against the Jazz. But he never had to deal with the weight of that, right? Because he's a champion almost instantly. Now he can go play free. You saw a similar thing, the opposite Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning didn't win early, had some bad moments in big spots. Now, all of a sudden, when the big spots come up, it's sitting on him. I think that's a real thing in sports. And I just wonder if there's an alternate reality, not an alternate reality, an alternate path, where Chris Paul, in his first year, is the fourth best player on a team that makes the finals. And, I, and But people are like, oh. You, and so he doesn't have that, oh, you've never been to the conference finals, you never had this. And he can doesn't have that sitting on him. Like, does the game six against the Rockets, where they're up 20, in the conference semifinals, at home, does that meltdown happen? Like, there's... Because he's too good for this to be his path. He's too good for it. I just... I don't care what any of the old players, like, yeah, count the rings guys say. I've watched basketball my entire life. Since Magic Johnson, there's a list of point guards... Jason Kidd, John Stockton, Steve Nash, if you want to, Gary Payton, Chris Paul. Now there's this new wave of guys, Steph, Russ, Harden, but throw those guys out. You can, in my eyes, put Chris Paul up against any one of those guys post-Magic and at least make the argument. 
Like, I really believe that. And so I just, it just sucks. I know we weren't talking about Chris Paul. I just. Well, hey, no, listen, but, but that actually is a nice segue to talking about Russell Westbrook because I thought it was a nice and interesting dichotomy in the game threes where. Over my shoulder. Hey, there he is. You see that, um, you know, the game three is down the stretch. Russ, you know, I don't know what he was doing. I, I kind of wanted to do a breakdown, but I didn't want to endure the, the hate I would have gotten from it. But he kind of just melted down and just the decision making was crazy. And then you. Then I don't right think after, you mean game three. The Thunder won game three, right? Um, Being, it might have even been game three anyway. They barely pulled out. He missed those free throws. He took a terrible shot. Okay, it was sure. like anything he could do to but not I win the game. I think he was four for 18 in the fourth quarter in game two. Okay. Well, either way, I, you could pick that one. But it, my, my memory of it was, because then the next game right after that was the Clippers and Chris Paul single-handedly down the stretch in a very similar way to Russ to control the game and won the game for them, taking good shots, making yep. good passes. And so that's my thing. It's like... You know, where are we with Russ here? I mean, you 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 hold CP3 in high esteem. I can't believe that you would then see Russ in the same kind of level or stature. Uh, to- so totally different players to me. I know they play the same position, but only in name. Right. They play nothing about the position the same way. Um, I listen. I am not unbi. I am biased on this. I love Russ. I love how he carries himself. I love how he doesn't give a damn. I love how I think he tr- he truly cares about his teammates, even if he doesn't play that way. Uh, I love the fact that he goes full effort at all times, even if I think that hurts him. I don't think he should. Like, I think to bring up LeBron again, you watch LeBron throughout games. He is clearly coasting in giant chunks of games, so he has something at the end. I love that Russ only has one gear. If I, the one thing I would change about Russ is I would hypnotize him into realizing he's not a good three-point shooter. Take that out of your game, at least to that level. However, I don't know if you play pickup basketball. Whenever I play pickup basketball, here's what I know. When you're exhausted, what do you do? You just jack up threes because it's easier. You know what I mean? Like, he's just tired. Uh I don't think I, – I think Russ has another evolution to him. If he can reach that fa- evolution before his athleticism – he loses 10% of his athleticism, he is a greatly different player. Okay. If he can evolve slightly before his athleticism declines, he can be a dangerous guy in the playoffs if the Thunder do what the Rockets did this offseason – which is we have a whole offseason. We are we're inst- we're not trying to fix our weaknesses. Bleep that. We are trying to just ex- accentuate our strengths, build around our best guy. The Thunder didn't have the opportunity to do that because they didn't know Katie was leaving, and they're not in the greatest cap situation. So I don't know if they can do that. But I just Russ needs to tweak his game, obviously. But he also is to me was the most entertaining part of the season. I would have had him third in the MVP. But I just, I love watching him play. I love the ferocity and the effort and the anger he plays with. You know, and I, I can agree with a lot of that. I mean, there is a sense of entertainment, and it's, it's, it's actually just raw, like it's the... the it's uh, overwhelming almost how how uh, how overwhelming he can be athletically. Um, I kind of likened it a little bit to the Tony Parker thing, where 
Tony Parker kind of came into the league playing a little bit like Russ, like ball dominant, wanted to shoot a lot. And what happened to him that ultimately get, you know, get that the hypnosis that you're talking about? Well, it was pop. Popovich grinded on him for a year and a half, two years. It was probably the brutal on him until he finally got a sense of how to exist in an offense. And then they obviously it worked for them. I don't think that Russ ever got that. You know, I feel like Russ, nope. you know, they, they sort of let him be who he was. And the culture of OKC is sort of dominated by Russ in a way that I kind of wonder if, you know, if that's the issue here and that's what's driven away KD, that's what, I mean, you know, Reggie Jackson is one of the nicest guys in the world, but he turned into a pariah in that office, in that locker room. Um, you know, I, I'm wondering like, what is, what is the root of this? Why did Harden become a guy who was like, no, I want mine now. I want out of here. And they, well, so hold up. let's, I think there's a little, I can't speak to the Reggie Jackson thing. You say he's one of the nicest guys in the world. So you, you automatically know him better than I do. So I, I'll defer to you on that. But let's talk about the guys that matter. Okay. Harden knew how good he was and knew that Oklahoma City could – his agent was telling him, it, they can pay you. They're going to have to pay a little luxury tax, but they can pay you. Harden said, I'm not taking a dollar under my value. I, it does, I do not believe that had anything to do with I don't want to play with these guys. That had to do with, listen, if I'm going to take a third banana roll, it's certainly not going to be – for the least money, it, it was very close. But when the big three went to Miami, you know who actually got paid the most? Bosh, because they were asking him to sacrifice the most. Like So Harden, I don't think it was he wanted to get away from Westbrook and Durant. Durant, man, here's what I think we've learned about Durant. Durant's a different cat who has not yet found – he is not yet fully formed as a grown-up which is most people in their 20s aren't. I'm 32. I might not be. That is not a judgment. But, and this is going to, you're going to hate this because you're like a real analytical guy. Getting two giant tattoos of other men's faces on your leg in the offseason when you just left your home of, you know, he got a giant Tupac tattoo and a giant Rick James tattoo on his thigh and on his leg right after he left home, right <laughs> after he is kind of dealing with, bad pub for the first time in his career right after he's all of a sudden got a lot going on i i say all that to say this i think durant and i'm not mad at him for it i think durant wanted it to be easy i think durant looked around and said i can stay here if we lose it's on me these guys are really good this was our shot we were up 3-1 we still couldn't do it i can stay here and grind 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 or I can go to one of the nicest cities in the country, and we'll just win. Now, that is the opposite of what competition's about, but it's what a lot of people would do in their personal lives. I do not, one thing, I'm, I'm going on with Colin Coward two hours from now, 1130 Pacific. Check it out, FS1, little plug. Um, one of the things <laughs> Colin says is that Russ drove Durant away. I don't buy that. I just don't. I think Durant wanted... I think if Russ's, I think if the point guard in Oklahoma City was John Wall, and everything about last season goes the same way, I think Durant leaves anyway. I, I think Durant wanted to live in a cooler city with guys that he vibed with more for more for you know and have a better chance of winning. I don't blame Russ for that. Now I do wonder, will other superstars want to come there and play with him? 
I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. That's a great question as well. Now, I'm, I'm not going to say that I know anything about anything and the intricacies of what that decision was, but I will say that Colin is a very smart man. Now, okay. uh, however, uh, be that as it may, should we open it up? I know we only have a few more minutes here. Do you want to yeah. throw a couple of questions out to, to the Periscope folks and see what they For say? For sure, absolutely. I've got, I got seven more minutes. Oh, seven more. Oh, hey, all right. I thought we got... it was three, but I can, I can stretch a little bit. All right. Uh, that, must be, that must mean we're having some fun. So, yeah, uh... no, I enjoy it. I like your work. <laughs> Thank you. Your I mean, Shane Young guy hates me. He just hates me. The w- which guy? Shane Young, I think is his name. Oh, he said. His Twitter handle says he works with you. She he hates you. Yeah. Yeah. But right, that's well, not, I like you. Hey, so, welcome to Twitter. Yeah, what do people on Twitter and Facebook want to ask? Uh, let's see here. Well, we have uh, Durant wanted to play in the actual offense, not set there. Well, ask some questions, guys, on uh, on Periscope. I might fly over to Twitter for one second to see if there's any good questions. Well, if sure. I do that, I miss the Periscope. That's the problem with that is that they go. You want me to look at Twitter? So uh, you look at Twitter. I'll look at Periscope, and uh, we're going to grab a question here. Someone give us a good question here. Let's see. Anything you want to um, ask me or Nick? So... Let me let me ask you a question while you're looking. All right. Right now, uh, because you never told me, you think Kawhi is the what best player in the league? Oh, um, well, I mean, if I was going to do my MVP vote, I would probably do Harden, um, Kawhi, and and Russ in that order. Uh, but you got to throw in LeBron in there somewhere. Oh, here come all these questions. Um, uh, so uh, so you got to put LeBron in there somewhere. So I would you I mean I would put Kawhi probably. Uh, like third, fourth, somewhere. Third in there. or fourth best player in the league. Yeah. Okay. And I, and by the way, the stats. See, that's the great them. thing yeah. about sports. I love sports so much because I come out and say, listen, Kawhi Leonard, I think is about the sixth best player in basketball. And people are like, you son of a bitch. Oh, I know. He's the second best player. And I'm like, wait, we're arguing about three spots. That's why yeah. sports are great. I no, love it. Yeah, that, that happened. Yeah, right. The same thing with Russ. I'm never. I'm not saying Russ isn't like a top five player in the league. I just don't think he's the best point guard. I don't think he's the best, all these things. But here's a good question. How do you think, this is from Eric Sidewater, asks, how do you think the looming Spurs-Golden State Warriors series shakes out? I don't think it happens. Oh, interesting. I think the Rockets beat the Spurs. Wow. Okay, well, how yeah. do you feel about the impending Rockets-Warriors series? <laughs> I mean, I right now, it's hard to... It's hard to see anyone that doesn't have LeBron James on the court competing with him. I do think the Rockets are interesting. I think Bep- I, I watched Beverly give Russ a really hard time. Beverly just pestering the hell out of Steph. I, any team that's going to shoot 43s, there's going to be a variance factor, right? And right. I, what I will say is this. If, if somehow, the, let's just say there's a scenario, right, where – the Rockets split the first two in Golden State. Maybe Golden State, maybe Golden State sweeps the Clippers or the Jazz, and the Rockets go six games, seven games with the Spurs, and that actually helps the Rockets in Game One because they're firing. You know what I mean? It yeah. catches up to them later. Golden State's rusty. Whatever. Yeah. They split the they split the first two, and then Game Three at Toyota Center is one of those Rocket games where they're twenty-two of fifty-two from three. And now they're up 2-1 in the series. Man, oh, man, oh, man. All of a sudden, for a team that's been playing very carefree and fun and loose all year, all of a sudden, it's a whole lot of pressure sitting on that chest if you're the Warriors. Because there is no, oh, this was a good season. It is you win the title 
or people mock you forever this year if you're the Warriors. Right. And so I so for whatever that's worth, like I I guess maybe I'm just trying to find a way for it to not end up Cavs Warriors, but it probably ends up Cavs Warriors. But I do think the I, if you were to tell me right now, the neither the Cavs nor the Warriors are winning the title. Who is? My answer would be the Houston Rockets. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, whenever people forget about the Spurs, there they are. But I like what the Rockets are doing, and they're showing a grittiness, you know, and a playmaking even on the defensive end that they probably they need. They're going to need without question because of that variability of the threes. And uh, I think the Spurs are going to face a game seven. And yeah. anything can happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't think the Spurs are going to win in Memphis. Like, I, not that they can't, but the, those teams have played nine times this year, and the home teams won every single one. Right. So, like – so, but go ahead. What else? All right, we have? have we have a good question to wrap up in the last three minutes from Miller Mears, and he asks, uh, I don't know if we can do it in three, but we'll see. What would it take for LeBron to surpass MJ? Win the title in six weeks. Really? Uh, That's one more title? Yeah, I mean, I I am projecting a little bit because I don't think he's going to retire, right? So LeBron's going to finish probably number one, but I think at the very least top three in points. He's going to finish top three in assists. He's going to have every single playoff record there is as far as counting stats, right? And if he has two separate back-to-backs with different teams, different teammates, and included in that a title over against what was going to become the league's next... If the Thunder beat the Heat... They keep everybody, and maybe that's the next great dynasty. Like, they wouldn't have broken that thing up if they were already the champions. But if, if he has titles over a, a would-be dynasty, the greatest, to me, post-Bulls dynasty in that what the Spurs and Pop, and then back-to-back titles over a 73-win Warrior team and a Warrior team that then added an MVP – and oh yeah, made seven straight finals, and oh yeah, has 11 straight years of top four MVP finishes, and has never been injured, like, and to me, like, if he can channel this and do this one more time, I watched Michael, now I'm only 32, but I'm a nerd on this stuff, so I go back, I don't, like, mid-80s Michael, when the Bulls weren't good, like, how about this, Michael pre-Scotty, I don't have much even from YouTube and stuff, recollection of. But Michael, once they started making... I've watched every NBA Finals game Jordan's ever played in. Not live, but, like, I've watched it. It's available to me. Uh, I think LeBron's a better basketball player. LeBron hasn't had the accomplishments necessary to pass Michael in the Pantheon, but I watch and I say, Jordan was a better scorer. I think in the biggest moments, LeBron, like, I, who's the better defender over the course of the season? Jordan. But who's the more valuable defender when locked in? LeBron. Who can rebound better? Who can pass better? Who can motivate teammates better? LeBron. All these things. So, like, he doesn't have the accomplishments yet. But I'm not a count the rings guy. If he wins it this year over the Warriors, 
to me, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. All right. Well, I actually had the benefit. I'm a little bit longer in the tooth, and I went to all the games uh, growing up in Chicago. So I might be That's a little awesome. bit biased. Good for you. And so, uh, but I, I just don't think he's a better player. I don't think LeBron's a better player than Michael Jordan. Now, is he a better rebounder just simply because of his physical stature? Yeah. Like Michael can't control that. Passing-wise is interesting. I would probably, yeah, I, I don't know if I'm going to argue really strenuously with him passing. You know, he, he's got certainly the better numbers on the passing side, uh, and he seems to be a little bit more of a natural passer. So, you know, that, that yeah, I won't argue with. We have, to, we have to go, but can I say one thing real yes. quick? Because you kind of said his throwaway line. Can't oh. help with physical stature. Here's the thing about pro sports. Bigger, stronger, faster matters a ton, and you do get credit for it. Okay, all right. Like, like the Shaquille, So if the aliens came down, and they were to say, you can have one player at any moment in time, at the peak of his powers, peak motivation, to play on your team to save the world. You know who I want in that scenario? Shaquille O'Neal. <laughs> now, Shaq's not one of my 10 greatest players ever, but peak Shaq is the most dominant force I've ever seen. Like, just, he's totally unstoppable. Why was he so dominant? He's super big and super strong. He didn't earn it. But he has it. Like, LeBron didn't earn all of his gifts, but he's got them. And so while, you, you know, so maybe he didn't earn being a better rebounder, but he is. This has been a ton of fun. Maybe I'll come to the studio sometime. I'm sorry to run, but I'm going to be late. Oh, absolutely. All right. Well, listen, uh, yeah, you, you, we'll end on that. But thank you so much for coming on the show. This is great. We'll do it again for sure. And don't forget, sports fans, at B-Ball Breakdown, not a channel, we're a conversation. Are you in? Are you in, Nick? I'm in. <laughs>